Father, we come to you in prayer this morning, just giving you thanks, Lord, and thank you for allowing us to be able to wake up this morning, Lord. We thank you for bringing us to this place of worship, Lord. We thank you for traveling grace, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for your beloved son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for allowing him to come down to this wicked world, to die on the cross, Lord God, that we might have a second chance to eternal life. We thank you, Father God, for our salvation. Lord, we thank you for loving us, Lord. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord God, we thank you for being patient with us, Lord God. Lord God, we just thank you, Lord, for just showing us a better way, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for allowing us to be able to fellowship with one another, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for just your holy word and the Holy Spirit. Lord God, we thank you for the gospel that we have something to be able to read, to let us know how to live and how to be with one, one another, Father, and Lord God, what to do, Lord God, that we might have an easy and better life. Lord God, we just ask you in the name of Jesus that you continue forgiving us of sins, for we repent of our sins, Lord, and tear us down where we need to be torn down and build us up where we need to be built up. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to be able to bless each other, Lord God, with the blessings that you bless us with. Father, we thank you for those who bless us, Lord God, we ask, Lord God, that you continue helping those who are less fortunate, those who are, are, are sick and ill, Lord God. We, thank, we, we ask that you heal them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we want to thank you this morning for uh, healing, and we want to thank you for spiritual healing, and we want to thank you for emotional healing. Lord God, we want to thank you for uh, spiritual healing, Lord God. Father God, we continue asking, Lord God, that you help us to strive to be Christ-like. For you said that we can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens us. Lord God, you said, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all your righteousness and all things shall be added. Lord God, we pray and ask that you continue helping each and one of us, Lord God, to continue striving to do the things that are pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Father. Father God, we thank you for allowing us to make it to this worship this morning, Lord, and to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father God, we pray for the speaker who is going to come forth, Lord, and proclaim your word. We pray, Lord God, that you continue crowning his head with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Lord, allow him to remember those things that he has studied, Father. Father God, that he might preach, not adding or taking away, but preaching accordingly, accordingly to your will. Father God, soften our hearts, Lord God, that we might hear and receive your word, Lord God, that we might apply it to our everyday lives. Lord God, we pray and ask, Lord God, if there's anybody that might not know you or your son, that you give them the opportunity, Lord God, to uh, know about you and your son, Jesus Christ, Father. And those of us, Lord God, who are walking by faith and not by sight, we pray and ask, Lord God, that we accept it, Lord, and that we uh, repent of our sins if we've done wrong. And, Lord God, that we just use it, Lord God, to, to, to grow stronger, Lord. Lord God, we just want to thank you again for everything and all that you've done in our life. It is in your son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray and give thanks. Amen. Shall we be standing? And I ask that you be so kind and repeat after me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. 
in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths now may the lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearers and the doers of his word now may we be seated we're so thankful this morning for the lord blessing us to have an opportunity to come and to worship him in spirit and in truth. We are thankful for the service thus far that has been rendered to the Lord by our genuine work of our brethren here, the songs, the prayers, the service that has been given to our God is much, much deserved. I want to just uh, before we start this morning on the lesson, should I say, which is Psalm 32, I want you to be finding Psalm 132, Psalm 132, and just hold there verse number one, Psalm 132, or the 132nd division, and uh, hold just verse number one this morning. I want to just give some uh, Hollywood shout outs this morning before we get started. Uh, the Bible says give honor where honor is due, and uh, we have uh, a number of people that just do some great works in the church, and if I told you about every work that we know about that is done by the members here we would be here for quite some time and uh but i just want to say thank you to uh and i don't see sister hall is sister hall here this morning brother hall i see you but i don't see sister hall i know you're one but i don't think she's in you right <laughs> brother hall like what you say brother bill what, what do you say uh brother and sister hall and about three weeks ago, Sister Hall was in the back, and she had some bags, and I didn't know what she was doing. I didn't know what, what it was, what it was, who it was for, but she had gifts for each leader here, for all of the elders, deacon. She had gift bags for us, and she wanted to present that to each one of us, and I say that to say this, and she didn't ask me to say this, and neither did Brother Hall, but I think it well to to say things like that because the church needs to know about these things. Uh, and, and nobody asked her to do those things and to buy those gifts, but she thought it well uh, to give it to uh, those that were her leaders in the church. And I think that should be done uh, by people. We can do everything else for everybody else in the world, on our jobs, in our families. And those who are guiding you and leading you from earth to glory if you ought to thank anybody, you ought to at least every once in a while say thank you, Jesus, for them. And, uh, and so we thank the Hall family for all what they have done uh, with those gift bags. And, and I want to say this, uh, Brother Leo, where's Brother Leo? Uh, Brother Leo Lane. Brother Jordan Lane works with Brother Leo Lane in that area. Brother Lane is, is dealing with our transportation ministry. Now, the van is down now, and I, I'm just telling you this because you need to know. Every Sunday, somebody needs to be picked up that he knows about. He will use his own vehicle. 
his own gas. Even when I asked him and say, look, just let us know, man. We'll give you a check. We'll give you gas. He said, brother, don't, don't worry about it. I said, bro, now look, whenever you need, just, just don't, don't worry about it. Each and every Saturday when I call him, when somebody calls me or notifies me that they need a ride, but Leo will go over and make sure they get to church on Sunday morning. And as I said, Brother Blaine, uh, his, uh, Jordan also works with him uh, in that area. Uh, brother and Sister Davis picks up Brother Angelino. Where's Angelino? There he is, right here. He's, he rides with the Uber of the Davis family each and every Sunday morning. They don't ask for a dime. They pick him up. They drop him off. And you need to know these things because that's what the church is about. The church is about serving God but serving each other. And whenever we need the help, assistance of each other, we should not be hard to find. Amen, somebody. So to those individuals and a number of other people, I can just go on and on. The list is long, but I wanted to make mention of those individuals uh, on today uh, for those things. And, and we appreciate all of those things. And uh, God appreciates it more. Psalm 132, if you dare, just say amen. Psalm 132 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Lord... Remember David and all his afflictions, how he swore unto the Lord and vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up into my bed. I will not give sleep to mine eyes, or slumber to mine eyelids, until I find out a place for the Lord, and habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Here, the psalmist, whoever he is, some say it's David. Uh, and if you look at the writing, David would be writing about himself, and that is not unfamiliar in Scripture. Nehemiah prays or speaks to himself or prays for himself. Uh, David here, some say it is he who writes. Others say it is Solomon who writes. Solomon is the son, or should I say one of the sons of David. David had a number of sons. David had a number of wives. David, the Bible says, remember David and all of his afflictions, how he sware unto the Lord and vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. He says, surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house nor go up into the mount or my bed. I will not give sleep to mine eyes, nor slumber to mine eyelids, until, do you see this? And I believe it is Solomon who writes about his father. I think Solomon is writing, and Solomon is not so much reminding God, because God doesn't need any reminding. God remembers well. 
But David had made a vow to God that he was going to make sure that he was going to be responsible for building a house, a place, a habitation, a dwelling, a abiding place for the Lord. And watch the writing. He says, he says, I will not give sleep to mine eyes. I will not slumber mine eyelids until I find a place for the Lord and habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. David wanted us to know how important not just God is, but how important a place of the Lord really is. David wanted us to see that God does not need to be anywhere, but you and I need God to be everywhere. David wanted us to know that God does not need to dwell in a temple or in a sanctuary or in a tabernacle. God doesn't need to be anywhere, but we need God. In that place. And y'all know the story. David didn't build the temple, right? He didn't build a temple. David sinned against God with Bathsheba. And God told him, you're not going to build it. But I'm going to make sure it stays within your family line. And then God takes the son by the woman he committed adultery with. By the woman who had a husband by the name of Uriah, who by David's mouth was murdered. And God would take that son. The first son dies, but he takes the next son. And because of his keeping his, his promise to David, uh, he uses what you and I would have never used. A woman who was found in adultery. And God takes that son and he becomes the wisest, <laughs> the wisest from that woman, the wisest to ever live beside Jesus the Christ. I want to talk to you on the subject title this morning. I want him to put the subject on here this morning, worship. Worship is, worship is a power hour. It is the most important hour of the week. Worship is the most important hour of the week. It is a power hour. It is a healing place. There's a church, I think, here in Baton Rouge, I think, called the Healing Place. Is that right? And uh, I assume that they do some healing in that place. But here's the deal. The church of Christ is the healing place. Uh, you're going to understand a little bit better later. An intimate space with God. This is a place where God comes, where we come and meet together every Sunday morning. For the purpose of what? Worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And so here's David, right? Here's David. And David wants us to know in our minds that God is worthy to have a place. Why is God so worthy to have a place? Now, I know I hear, I hear people say this oftentimes that in the Old Testament, and even I've stated that a number of times, the Old Testament is more physical and the New Testament is more spiritual. 
But you had a lot of stuff spiritual in the Old Testament. And there's a lot of stuff that we do physical in the New Testament. And so what we need to understand is just as it was physical in the Old Testament, it is some physical stuff we got to do even today in the New Testament. And just like it is spiritual in the New Testament, it was spiritual in the Old Testament. And as we study Saul, David, and Jonathan, we understand that well because Saul had the Holy Spirit and Saul lost the Holy Spirit. So it is spiritual in both eras. In both testaments, old and what? And new. But David says, I want a place. Does God have a place in your heart? Does God have a place in your house? Does God have a place in your marriage and in your family? Does God have a place even in your congregation? And I know people say, well, it's the church, Brother Bills. God must be there, not necessarily so. If the church is not right with the Lord, then God doesn't have anything to do with it. That's why all of us must be light and must be salt and must be obedient to God each and every day of our lives. And when we fall short, and fall short we will, we need to ask God for forgiveness. So David writes and David tells us God needs a place. And not just for God, but for God's people. Because David would tell us in the text here, he would say, the ministers of God, the priests of God who go in, they need a place to go and to perform the duties for God. He says, God needs for the priest to be able to have a place to go. Not only God will place his name there. Jerusalem becomes the capital. And Jerusalem becomes the place where God places his name. And that's why you find in the book of Acts chapter 8. The Ethiopian eunuch goes to Jerusalem. Why he goes there? Because at one time that was the only place that God would accept worship. It was Jerusalem. They had to go to Jerusalem. But now God has made it available all over the world. And so what you need to understand is God needs to be in that place because God's people needs to be with God. And so this morning, as we started this sermon, this topic on today, I want you to know that from time to time, from time to time, from the time you and I get up to the time we lay down, our lives are being challenged. From the time you get up, from the time you lay down, your life, your spirit is being tested. You are being tested within your own mind. You are being tested within your own house. You are being tested and challenged on your job. You're being tested and challenged by those you love and by those who are considered to be your enemies. You are tested and challenged by those who are close to you and those who are at a distance from you each and every day. We are being what? We are being tested and we are being challenged. Every day we get up and we get out, something is going to what? Challenge you. And what you need to understand uh, on uh, this morning uh, is this, is that we as Christians, we, in whatever form or fashion it might be in life, to a certain degree, uh, you and I suffer some things in life. We suffer depression. Somebody say, I don't suffer from depression. My question to you is how you know. 
We suffer from brokenness, depression. We suffer from a spirit of sadness, depression. We suffer from being sorrowful, depression. We suffer from depression. We suffer from anxieties. Have you ever had lately an, an anxiety attack? It feels like you're going to lose your bread. It feels like you're going to pass out and, and blank out. We suffer from, from anxieties. We suffer from being stressed out. Anybody stressed out this morning? Stressed out. Pressure from all sorts of corners. Stressed in our lives. And then stress will lead to what? Stress will lead to frustration. Too much stress building up in your life over and over will finally lead to what? Frustration. You just cannot, you can't, you can't deal with it no more. You, you get overheated quick. Someone said during the pandemic, people were impatient. More during the pandemic than any other time. Even now, people are impatient. They go inside of the restaurants and they tell them you got to sit here and you have to have so many people and, and you better watch it if you work in the restaurants because somebody might get you. Well, you have to come in with your mask. Well, I got to wear my mask. You got to come in with my mask. That's the policy. They might get you. You better be careful. People are impatient. Impatient now. They, they don't want to wait. People don't want anybody to control them. You can't tell me what I can and cannot do. Let me tell you something. If the government says you got to do it and it falls in line with the word of God as a Christian, you might not like it. You might not want to do it. But God says you got to obey them folks. Stop making something out of nothing. Put your mask on, and when you get there, it don't make no sense, right, Brother Brandon? But when you get there, you get to sit down, and you get to take the thing off, right? So walk in the place with your mask, sit down, uh, take your mask off. It don't make no sense, but you got to do it anyhow. We get up. We get up with our with struggles and stress and from the time you wake up, you're being tested, you're being challenged, and even sometimes in your dream, you're being challenged and you're being reminded of certain things that you probably want to forget. Sometimes things just subconsciously just sits there in the back of your mind and it comes up in dreams and you're trying to get away from that thing or you're trying to get away from that person but it just keeps coming up in your head you, you're stressed you are you're fighting you're fighting from the day you are born until the day you will die when you come to worship when you come to to worship when you come to what we call come to church Right? When you come to church, point number one, watch what happens here. The Bible says, or rather the point one, here's what God is, going, God is going to do. He's going to eliminate your problems. <laughs> God is going to eliminate your problems. Now somebody say, how he's going to do that? The subject says, worship is a power hour. It's a healing place. It's an intimate space between us and God. This is an intimate space here. It's a place where we come what? Where we try to get 
close to God and God close to us. And so it is an hour that is filled with the word of God. It is an hour that should be filled with the righteous people of God. It is an hour that should be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And whenever that happens from that one hour, regardless of what you're going through in your life, regardless of what you're going through in your house, regardless of what you're dealing with on the job, this is the place that you ought to be able to come to. And for that one hour, from the one hour, God ought to be able to do what? Eliminate our problems from our mind. Now, when the worship is over, your problems are coming back. When you go to the job the next day, your problems are coming back. But because of the power hour, you can go deal with that problem much, much better. See, you and I need to understand we need worship. <laughs> Y'all don't hear me. We need worship. Let me tell you this. Don't tell nobody. If you don't worship God, you're going to worship something. If you don't worship God, you're going to worship something or somebody. You are going to worship. We are beings that have to worship something. You don't believe me? Go over to the Old Testament. When Moses stood up there with God on the Mount of God for so many days, what happened, right? The children of God, the Bible says, they didn't pray, they played. When they should have been praying, they were playing. And Moses' brother, Aaron, fashioned a golden calf. And when Moses came down from the mountain, Moses said, and I'm paraphrasing, he says, what's this? And Aaron said, not my Aaron, but another Aaron said, Aaron said, the people made me do it. Moses, bro, you know the people. You've been leading them. You know them. You know how they are. And he fashioned, watch this here, a golden calf. Now, here's the thing that always gets me with this text. He says, in other words, all I did was took their jury, and I threw it in the fire, and out of this fire came this golden calf. And the other thing that gets me is this, is the people said, now this is the God that brought us out of, don't you tell me what we cannot worship. Somebody say, oh, you ain't going to never catch me, Brother Village, worshiping no, no calf. You might not worship a calf, but you might worship something else. It might not be a golden calf, but it might be something else that you consider to be golden. It might be something else. It might not be this, but I'm telling you, if you don't worship God, you're going to worship self, or you're going to worship something. We need, God made us like that. You have, to, you have to be submissive to something, to somebody, to some, something in life. And so when you come to worship for that one hour, that one hour, you should what? Your problems. You shouldn't be worried about your problems. You shouldn't be worried about that $729 bill you got that you made. You made it. Ain't nobody told you that you made it, right? Now you got to pay it back. Now you're now you asking God to help me pay the bill that you didn't ask God to get. That's why when we sing, everybody needs to sing. That's why when we pray, everybody needs to pray. You need to lock in to the worship. And when everybody sings, 
Everybody prays. Everybody gives. Everybody reflect on Calvary during the Lord's Supper. Everybody listen with an attentive ear to God's word. I'm telling you, your worship will be a power hour. It'll be a healing place. It'll be an intimate space where we come to meet God. Point number two. Watch this here. Alleviate pain. Now, there are physical pain. The mind is something else. The mind is something else. You can be hurting, but when the adrenaline is running through your body, if you ever played sports, if you ever played sports, you, you can be hurt. And, and, and when you are pumped up and you are motivated, something about that pain goes away. And I was coming back later on, but, but for that time, uh, it's what? It's gone away because the mind uh, is a powerful thing. Uh, and when you come to worship, now I'm not saying all the time your physical illness will just go away magically and miraculously. But what I'm telling you is this, is we deal with some emotional scars that we do not like to talk about. Some folk been scarred ever since they were five years old. Don't want to talk about it. Some folk been scarred at 10. Some folk been, should I say, wounded and scarred. Injured, wounded, and now you have to live with an emotional scar. Everything you deal with in your life or everything you dealt with in your life in the past is still with you right now. Oh, you're not following me. You may never talk about that thing that took place 30 years ago. But that thing is still in you. And it's not until it comes up in you by somebody else or yourself. Or you might be looking through an old photo albums. I know we don't deal with them anymore, but y'all remember them old photo albums? They used to stick there. You used to bring in, y'all remember that? Yeah. And, uh, and, and you might be going through some pictures and you might see a picture of you when you were four. And you can remember that that was a bad year in your life and in your house. See, we don't like to, we, 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 we like to cover up in the church. Y'all not going to say amen, but that's all right. We like to cover up the bad stuff that happens in our life. And we like to put on front street all the good, golden, glittery, bling, bling, shiny stuff, right? Your life hadn't always been bling, blinging. You don't want to talk about when you were living over there and when you've been through stuff, we deal with some emotional scars. I wish I had a man up in here this morning. See, men don't like to say they've been wounded. Because I'm big, bad vilts. Can't nothing hurt me, nothing wound me, nothing, nothing injure me. That's a lie. Hello, somebody. Men can get injured too and often do but don't want to talk about it. And we got to come worship God like that. And until you, until you give some stuff to God, until you give all of your stuff to God, even the pain you go through, and I'm not talking physical, I'm talking about emotional, psychological pain, that stuff that's in you, 
And let me tell you something. I don't care how old you get. You still remember some of that stuff like it was yesterday. You sit down in the pews. And you try to forget. Don't forget what's in you. Worship God through your pain. Because that's part of who you are. Why we try to take away what we are, good or bad? That's you. Don't run from it. We're studying David again. We're going to come through some, some ugly parts of David. Some ugly stories of David. Some, some nasty stories of David. Some painful stories of David. But yet and still, that's how you and I got the book of Psalms. Man, if David wouldn't have been through all he'd been through, you wouldn't have gotten what you've gotten in the Bible. And so we got to worship God hurt and pain, scarred. But boy, that makes the best worship. When you've been through something and God bring you through something. And in that one hour, that one power hour, what happens in that one power hour? God is going to alleviate your pain. He's going to soothe your pain. He, he's, going to, he's going to comfort you. He's going to console you. In that one power hour where we come and that becomes the healing place of God. God will heal us. Well, third and final point this morning. <clears throat> third and final point this morning. God to eliminate our problems, and when we go back out into the world, he will help us to be able to approach them better. God will alleviate our issues, our hurts, our pains, our injuries, and our wounds in our lives. But then when we come to this one here, God, because of the first two, God will elevate your praise. Elevate your praise. God will lift your praise. You know, when God is, church should be the place where everybody feels comfortable. Nobody should feel out of place. Now, I know when you go to some churches, boy, you just feel out of place. Right? But you should be able to come into an atmosphere, an ambiance of God, where everybody feels like they are somebody special, somebody important, and somebody who can connect to God. Um, you know... <laughs> Sometimes we don't understand what worship and praise is. And uh, there's a lot of people in the church who don't understand this one. Worship and praise don't have a whole lot to do with the externals. But let, me, let me come right here. I might have somebody right up in here. It, it don't have a lot to do with the externals. I wish, I, wish the, I wish they could have just, I wish I, I would have told the guys in the back this earlier because I wanted them to, to just show, show a, 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 a worship service with, 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 with a band, a live band, and people are shouting and crying and all that stuff. I wish they could, uh, they could I, I, I didn't tell them, so it's my fault on that. But I, want, I wanted to show you something because when you hear that, folk shouting and waving their hands and they're, they're crying and they're shouting to God, oh, 
Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. And somebody somewhere will say, now that's how you worship God. Woo! Now that's worship. No, it's not. It's worship don't have a whole lot to do with the externals of things. People say, well, listen how loud the church sounds when they sing. Everybody don't sing loud. Look at the folk. Look at them. They, they, they're, they're crying. They're, they're, they're crying their eyes out. They must be right with God. Not so. Folk are passing out. They're waving their hands from side to side. They're shouting, glory, hallelujah. I'm not telling you you can't do that. I'm not saying that's a sin. But what I'm telling you is just because you don't do it does not mean you don't worship God. The question is, if what all those folk do, the question is, is that spirit and in truth worship? Y'all quiet on me. You're quiet on me. See, worship is about connecting with God. Worship is about communing with God. There are some people who sit in them pews on Sundays from denominational churches and some of ours who ain't connected to God. And they feed folk a bunch of entertainment. And I'm not fighting what folk try to do. But at the end of the night, it must be according to spirit and truth worship. And if it ain't spirit and truth worship, it ain't God's worship. That's will worship, ignorant worship, vain worship. It might all be worship but it ain't paying no dividends. Sometime in the church we got to watch that. You know what? Well, they don't sing. They don't sing. Everybody don't have to sing loud. Some people don't need to sing loud. They'll mess the whole thing up. But Adaya, me and you, we don't need to sing loud. Spirit and truth. It's about communing with God. I need to come, when God comes, when we come down here on Sunday morning, it's about communing with God. We, you and I can share in the worship of God because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we can worship God because we're connected to the Son of God. Bible says, you can't come to the Father but by me. Man, anything we do in this worship, if it ain't Bible, y'all, it ain't cutting it with God. So when you sing, yeah, you sing. That's the command, sing. It's not about how loud you sing. Now, you should be heard. Yeah, because the book of Colossians, I think, teaches us that we encourage and admonish, rather, each other through our singing. So you need to be heard. But when you are not heard, you can admonish. And worship ought to be elevated. Our praise ought to be elevated, not because we're trying to be, we're trying to be heard, we're trying to be loud, or we're trying to say, well, they must be worshiping God in spirit and truth. Listen how they're acting. Watch what they're doing. They run around the building. They fall out. Folk, look at them. That must be, God must be in that place. Uh-uh. 
I'm reminded there was a fellow by the name of Elijah. He went up and he challenged 400 plus prophets of Baal. They got into a, a verbal debate, if you will. And Elijah said, I tell y'all what, y'all go first. I'm going to step out of the way and I'm going to let y'all go first. And uh, y'all call up on y'all gods. And I'm going to sit back and I'm just going to watch. And Elijah, what we would say, Elijah was clowning them. Elijah knew they, they have no gods that were going to do nothing, but they didn't know that. And they started doing all kinds of stuff, right? They started calling out to God, to their gods. Y'all remember that? And they started calling out, and Elijah, and Elijah says, uh, uh, you, you ought to cry out a little louder. Your God must be sleeping. Cry out a little louder. And they started yelling, and they started hollering, and they started doing all kinds of things. But guess what? Ain't nothing happened. God don't need your hand clap. God don't need you running around the building. God don't need you falling out in worship. God don't need no handkerchiefs. God don't need no oil. God don't need your hands or your hip to have a powerful worship and a healing worship and a worship that elevates God in praise. It's about how sincere you are. It's about how obedient you are to God. And when you are righteous with God and when the Holy Spirit dwells in your life, you will have a spirit-filled worship. I go to these places sometimes to preach and folk just clapping a storm, clapping up a storm. God ain't never told you in the New Testament to clap your hands. Folk don't like it, but it don't bother me. He ain't told you one time. Because if you clap for one thing, you ought to clap for everything. God don't need your hands. God needs you to live right. God needs you to be a light. God needs you to be salt. Oh, the church ought to be saying, preacher, that's, ooh, that's just, that's what I needed to hear this morning. God needs you to be a light in this world. And when you come down here, because God has been too good to us and so good to us throughout the course of last week, somebody ought to have a praise for God. How do we praise him? Singing, 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 and making melody in our what? In our hearts. Not on the harp, not on the drum, not on the piano, but in your heart. Whoo. Sing, God been good to you. Sing, God been blessing you. Sing, ain't none of us in a coffin. Sing, ain't none of us in a hospital bed. Sing, ain't none of us begging for bread. Sing, ain't none of us in a wheelchair. Sing, ain't none of us on a ventilator. Sing, because God has been too good to us. Not just good, he's been too good to us. Because ain't none of us up in here deserve the goodness of God. Anybody up in here deserve God's goodness? Just raise your hand. If you deserve it. You just, I know, I deserve God. I am so worthy. Raise your hand. Ain't none of us up in here. Right? Worthy. None. Not you. Not even me. Not even Sister Charlene Brock. None of us, none of us is worthy. 
but it tells us not how good we are, but it talks about, it speaks to how good he is. To allow those sinner man, Brother Vils, to come and worship him on Sunday morning. Sinner man like ourselves. How good God is. Y'all know how pure God is? The Bible says in 1 John 1, God is the light, but the light is in the light. That's profound to me. God, the light is in the light. Not only God is light, but everything around him. That's why he can't even be in the midst of darkness. God is pure. And to be able to come down here, y'all, is an honor and a privilege. I don't know we, we, I don't know if we understand. That's why it's a power hour. Ain't no hour like it in, in the world. I don't care when New Year's come in. I don't care when Christmas come. I don't care when Thanksgiving come. They ain't your anniversary, your birthday. Ain't no one hour like worship. Why? Because that's the time God comes to meet his people. And when we come to meet him, and I'm closing, you ought to be able, every worship, you ought to be able to see God. And then you look at God and you say, wow, God is awesome. He's majestic. And you look at him and you look back at yourself and you say how ugly I am, how filthy I am, how dirty I am. And when you look back at him and you see his love being extended through Christ, how appreciative you and I ought to be that God will even allow us to come up in here with him on Sunday morning. Worship is a power hour. It's a healing place. It's an intimate space, an intimate moment that we share with God every Sunday. And that ought to be special to the people of God. If you're not a child of God, you come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of sins, confessing Christ, putting them on in baptism for the remission of your sins. Regardless of who you are today, if you stand in need of, you stand in need of prayer, you need to say today, I'm going to ask the church to pray for me. These are the most powerful people in the world, Christians, because they're connected to the source. It's not the mafia. <laughs> the most powerful people in the world it's the people who are in touch with God. And not only you should believe that, but we ought to live like that. Because we have the wisdom of God. We don't just have the wisdom of man. We got the wisdom of God. And God said, if you don't have the wisdom, he said, if you lack it, he says, ask me, I'll give it to you freely. It's free. God will just give it to you. Here, you need wisdom? Here you go. But in order to get God's wisdom, you're going to have to listen to God. You can't ask God for something and then you want to do how you want to do it, when you want to do it, how long you want to do it. Then you want the gifts and the blessings from God. Uh-uh. That ain't going to happen with God. God is too wise for that. You might, you might do that with somebody around the corner, but you ain't going to do that to the one who sits high and look down low. You ain't going to pull no wool over God's eyes. You're going to have to shoot straight with God. You're going to have to come clean with God. And when you come clean, he'll fix you up. If you need prayer, we'll pray for you. We'll baptize you this morning for the remission of your sins. Don't you leave here without being healed, without being blessed, 
without doing what you know God wants you to do. As together we stand and together we sing the invitation song. Why don't Holy you come? Holy Spirit.